All right, episode 16. Continuing chapter 10. All right. Um, okay, so I have to now point out a thing you often teach about. Um, they say, you shall not have gone through all the cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. Yes. I, I say you teach about it because I feel like that's what I've heard a lot. Yeah. You emphasize a lot. I mean, people ignore that. But he literally tells those guys... Hey, go out, do this, beware of that, dust your feet, you know, receive yeah. food. But you're not going to get to all the houses of Israel before I come back because he's already there. So it's not, you can't explain before it any other way. Before yeah, yeah. I come, come when, come back. He's been promising them he's going to come back. Yeah. So that's part of the narrative. And he tells them, you're not going to get to all the cities before I come back. Is there any chance that come back is related to his descent like resurrection and coming back to life okay you could explain it that way but uh that resurrection is never uh described as a return it's, it's no it's called it's just his resurrection his return mm -hmm. is always couched in a return to take his bride okay now where christians will say what he's talking about there is not his return They'll say it's talking about when I uh, return with my kingdom um, and that it's a spiritual thing he's talking about. Okay. That when the Holy Spirit fall, falls in Pentecost, that's what he's talking about. But that is like stretching to make it fit. Mm -hmm. And I think the better thing is it was just being saying exactly. Don't worry. You're not going to get to everybody before I come back. Before the great and dreadful day that I was just talking to you about mm -hmm. you having to endure in order to be saved from. That's the, context. Okay. The words great and dreadful day have not been said. When they speak of that day, the day, a day, it's referring to the prophecy in the Old Testament of a great and dreadful day okay. that Malachi calls that. Okay. The day then for Jews was like known. There was the yeah, day the of the day. great and dreadful day. Oh, okay, and it's okay. often called the day of the Lord. The oh. day of the Lord. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the day of the Lord in the Old Testament, I, not knowing anything, I thought that was just the day Jesus came, was born. No, basically. it's not when he's born. It's the okay. day of the Lord is a day. Anytime it speaks of that, it's a day of vengeance. It's a wrathful day. It's a day of accounting and judgment. So when they talked about that day, especially when you read that day, but mm. that day, it's talking about we're in big trouble. And you don't see Jesus's lifetime as being a time of judgment? Oh, no. He himself says, I didn't come to judge oh, okay. or condemn. I came to save. So his lifetime was to save people, huh. right? The judgment was going to come later. That's how we know he's talking about that day, that great and dreadful day. Oh, this is very Good. interesting. So then right after, though, I didn't get what it meant. Um, I've always heard that, that phrase, but I didn't know what the verse right after. What does he say? Um, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple to be as his teacher, the servant as his Lord. I think that's just a simple way of saying you're going to represent me. When you speak, you're going to be like oh. me. You are going to be like me. The disciple is not above his teacher. Yeah. Got it. Sometimes it's so above my head and it's really just simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get a, it's just like any language. As you read more and more and more of it, you start to understand what that means and it will come naturally to you. I don't know about that, but okay. Um, 
he tells them not to be afraid of them that kill the body but are not able to kill the soul but to fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell <laughs> what does that refer to and does that exist today <laughs> uh, okay the, peop- the people of that time who were the people of that time that could kill the body and the soul in hell? No people. There's only one person who can destroy the body and soul. And that word hell there, I, if I'm betting man, I bet in the Greek, it's Gehenna. Okay. Should we look it up? Yeah, you can. Keep going, though. What were you going to say? Um, what Jesus is saying there to his disciples who are going out to a very antagonistic group. Okay. He's saying, don't fear those people who can kill your body. Okay, they can put you to death. That's all they can do okay. is kill you. And every one of them were put to death except John by the Jews. Don't fear them. Fear the one who can destroy your soul, mind, will, and emotion, and your body in Gehenna, in a place. And that's only God who can do that. God so can do that. fear God. God can destroy a soul. He said, fear him. Don't fear the ones who can just hurt your little body. Fear the one who can destroy your soul. God can destroy a soul. That's what he seems to intimate there. There'd be no reason why God couldn't. If he gave us a soul, he could certainly destroy it. Hmm. Yeah. Now that leads to a whole belief of what's called annihilationism, which some Christians can't believe God would put people in a burning hell Hmm. where they're forever really burning. So they believe that God is destroying their soul. It's mm. like when Jesus says, what does it profit a person if they gain the whole world but lose their soul? That means lose their suke, their mind, will, and emotion. Mm. Well, the only one who can cause you to lose your soul is annihilate you is God. Mm. So there's that whole belief about annihilationism relative to passages like that. Mm. Can you also clarify soul is distinct from spirit? It right? is. It's distinct in spirit and by the very words that are used to create them. Mm -hmm. So uh, bottom line, uh, when God created man, first man, he formed him from the dust of the earth, which is called the sarks. That's a body. He breathed his breath, pneuma, into that body. And that body became a living suke. Okay. Mind, will, and emotion is how the Greeks determine that. Mm-hmm. That's the creation of a human being. You have a body. Mm-hmm. It's inert. No, no life to it. God breathes his spirit into it. Mm-hmm. And then you become a living soul <laughs> with your own Delaney mind, Delaney will, and Delaney emotion. Okay. That's the that's the construction of a human being. And that's what God can destroy is that soul. Is that soul, that but, mind, will, and emotion. Yeah. So then the spirit is something that comes in later. Ah, now, remember when Adam and Eve disobeyed? They died spiritually. God said, the day you eat of that fruit, you will surely die. What okay. died in them? Well, Adam lived to be 930 years old, so it wasn't his body. Okay. It wasn't his mind, his will, and emotion. Uh-huh. It was what gave him life to God. It's what gave him relationship. So he died spiritually that day. Okay, so God breathes into us. That breath from God is the soul. No, that breath from God is his spirit that oh, gives you said life. It was his soul. No, and when he breathes the pneuma into the body, it becomes the it becomes a living soul. So he, it's like the soul is a combination of the spirit and of God, the physical body. And the physical body in man. Yeah. But the soul itself is not God. 
No, it's I your mind, really. your oh, will, okay. your it's your identity. Huh. It's what when you die, your body will lay in the ground. Your soul, mind, will, and emotion will continue to exist in whatever form you allowed it to become. And if you didn't have the addition of the Spirit of God born, added back to it from being mm. born again, then you will be outside of the will of God. You won't even know him. Jesus said, unless you're born from above, you know, and get that part of you that is the third part, the mm. spirit in you, you can't even see the kingdom of God. Okay. I thought this mind, will, and emotion were like earthly things that died with our body. No. And it's the spirit that continues No, and on. it's a confusing, confusing thing. And you are not unlike most people. Because we say, oh, my spirit left, right? But when we look at the creation of man, it was he took clay, he breathed pneuma, breath, wind, spirit. his spirit. Pneuma is spirit. Yeah, pneuma okay. is spirit into that. And then that became a living soul, Suge. which is the individual. The in, Each individual has a soul. Okay, yeah. so that spirit is the same that's breathed in. It is God. Yeah. That spirit that is God is still well, it was in Adam and Eve. That's right. And then it left. That's right. So now we don't have that spirit. Not naturally. Not and like we can reclaim it. By having God come and give us spiritual life and renews us. And then that spirit in us is working against our mind, will, and emotion, which uh, is that's why you're born from above. And God, and Jesus told Nicodemus, hey, unless you're born from above, you know, and he's like, Why, how do I get born from above? Do I, get, I go back into my mother's womb? And he's like, you're a leader in Israel and you don't know this? Huh. You know, it's because spiritual death happened upon all human beings, the entire human race, Adam at the time. Now, everybody who comes from Adam is spiritually dead. We wow. don't have the capacity to know God. So we try to figure him out through our own mind, will, and emotion. Mm -hmm. But it's defective. We, we are all, we are, and so the whole point is, call out and get this regeneration of the spirit and mm. it gives you eyes to see understand and ways to overcome your mind will and emotion mm. and body get that yeah side question but do do you think that everyone came from adam yeah every single person yeah. mm -hmm. there's no other chance that that was like the adam's the lineage to the jews and the muslims and yeah no, that's it. I There's take like the I type. take the story as the story of the human race today. Human However, race. where I might uh, not agree with other Christians is prior to that there could have been other civilizations. Okay. Other, you know, and is it possible that Adam was just the beginning of a certain people group in you know, yeah. the Mesopotamian Valley? Perhaps we yeah. don't know. Like well, the start of this story could have been. Could have been. I I I don't ever hang up on anything like that because it's really hard to tell. But I personally believe that this is the beginning of this form of human race that came through to okay. be our world today. That makes sense. I haven't, yeah, it seems like a leap to think of this story as already limited as to just the Jews. It's telling this really whole and complete story. Mm -hmm. And then to assign the part of the beginning of it to mm -hmm. just the beginning of everything generally. Right, it's right. Like, this is, it seems like it's like a compact story in itself. And Adam's the demarcation of the start of that. It seems like that. I would counter that because I see it differently as Adam and Eve are the beginning point of the whole story. But as after they fell, then we start to read just the thread that speaks to how God 
restored the world to himself. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean there weren't other civilizations that he cared about or other people groups or, or that had writings or anything like yeah. that. It just means that what we read in the Bible is his thread of what he did through those people to bring about the Messiah to save the world. Mm. That's how I see it. But you could be right. Not a hill. I feel like that's what I said. No, I thought you were saying that Adam and Eve were the beginning of only the Jew story that we read about. Oh, no, no. But just like, I mean, it is the Jew story as the Bible is the Jew story. But like, it is all of our story as the Bible is also all of our story. Right, right. Sort of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, and I agree with that because we have like... Abraham, Terah's, Abraham's father, Terah, coming out of a land of, of fire worshipers and idolaters. They're not even mentioned until he shows up, really. Mm. So we're like, well, who are these people? Where did they come from? They came from Adam and Eve having sons and breaking off and going different places. And mm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I didn't really understand the meaning of this parable. Uh 29 through 34 are not two sparrows sold for a penny not one of them shall fall on the ground without your father but the very hairs of your head are numbered i've never understood what that meant he's saying god knows everything about you everything okay what about are not two sparrows sold for a penny he's saying he knows when the sparrows are bought and sold he's saying he knows every transaction he knows the count number of hairs of your head he knows everything about you and not one of them should fall on the ground without your father yeah Fear not, you're more valuable than sparrows. Everyone who shall confess, I know it's not a parable, it's a misnomer, but everyone who shall confess me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Okay, so stop right there. There are so many people who think, I need to confess Jesus' name before men today Mm. because Jesus says that to them. Mm -hmm. But for a Jew in that day to confess Yeshua of Nazareth, that meant almost certain death to them. So do you see the difference between trying and taking it today? You go before a group at a 7-Eleven, I confess Jesus. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. And earlier you said they all died for this except John. Yeah. Was that before the Great and Dreadful Day? Yeah. They all died before the Mm -hmm. Great and Dreadful Day. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Including Paul. Wow. Yeah. Is there any more information about their predecessors? Do they talk about who came, who they passed their information on to? There's a, there's some stuff that's uh, interbiblical where, you know, they gave it to uh, Timothy. Okay. There's other people that they would put in power to do certain things at that time, but uh, unlike what the Catholic Church that Jesus yeah. built his rock up his church upon Peter and then Peter gave it to the first bishop of of this area. That's all just trying to make religion continue from this story. That was just fabricated or where did well, they get that the, from? So we have Jesus and then we have Peter and then we have Peter say somewhere in something or someone who knew Peter say Peter ordained a guy named Eusebius. I'm making that up. <laughs> and then the Catholics say, yeah. And then Eusebius, he was over this area. And we had Turcopalia, who knew Eusebius. <laughs> and so then from there, we, yeah. And they just make a line. And the Orthodox do the same thing. Okay. So they claim direct authority from Jesus. Yeah. Okay. It's another story. Another story. Um, he concludes the whole chapter with statements that 
very clearly suggest the. Will you just do something? I said number 10, chapter oh. 10. I'm keeping our chapter audience in you. harmony with our ramblings <laughs> here. He concludes with statements that suggest those people put him first. Oh, and yeah. After all these directives. Um, the, it's just kind of back to the same question. Like that is questionable to me because <laughs> it was just a really specific set of instructions to them. And then it's like, put me first. And I'm like, that's also to them then right there in that conversation but it's also we'll see it echoed through old testament stories of putting god first and new testament or apostolic record stories of having him be the head of everything and so it's not just said there by him to those guys mm -hmm. it's reiterated by paul and others to believers mm -hmm. but to them he literally says if you love your father and mother more than me you're not worthy of me Meaning don't look to your family as showing them allegiance and love and thinking mm. that's going to save you from the great and dreadful day. Mm -hmm. You put me first and you will be saved. Mm. And it's so dogmatic that that is what causes some people today to say, I can't believe in a guy who would say, you're more important than this and this. How arrogant, you know, and yeah. how proud. But he wasn't being proud. He's just, I'm the way. Well, I, I mean, I guess a follow-up question is like, I, I would see that as... Jesus is who these people should claim and follow right there. Yeah. But then after the great dreadful day, I feel like to us, it's God. I see. Uh, it's Jesus, of course, but it's God yeah. more so. God and now. Jesus. But the reason it's God now is why? Because Jesus did all And so this. that's always the caveat. Yeah. Yeah. It is God. We only... I understand that we only know God because Jesus came, right. we as Gentiles, yeah. but like it's God. The yeah. purpose of Jesus was God. Yeah. It's not the purpose of God is Jesus. Right, right, no. And that's where it gets mixed up is that people worship Jesus, worship mm -hmm. Jesus. When, when Jesus was on the earth, he says, I give all glory to the Father. Yeah. But he will say it's through me. Yeah. And that's the, the difficult thing that you, that people have. They want to give it all to Jesus yeah. or they want to give it all to God. And it is God manifesting himself in the man. Yeah. And it is by that man that we relate to him. And so that's not forgot even in our day. Okay, this is kind of far out, but is there, is there any chance that God sent Jesus, but he also sent these leaders of the other religions to save those people? Well, if he did, then what Jesus said, uh, as echoed by Paul, not what he says to his own here, but what Paul teaches about him would be a lie. He's the only one. Yeah, he's the only one. Heaven and earth, he's the only one for the world. Now, does God allow Muhammad to construct something, or is that of the devil? I don't know. And is there a spirit of Christ in different manifestations and leaders and things? I don't know. But in the end, I believe, knowing the text, that every knee and every tongue will confess that he is the one. Mm -hmm. Even though he didn't come to us, the residual effect of what he did is effective on us. And mm -hmm. it's by faith on him that we're born from above. The other leaders don't promise a rebirth from above. Mm -hmm. They just promise teachings and leadership. But he paid for the sin of the world looking to him in faith allows that brokenness to open us up to receive him from above and be born again mm -hmm. and become a complete person mm -hmm. having the spirit soul and body intact even on this earth even on this earth yeah
Mm. Versus the other leaders, quote unquote, don't 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 deliver that. They don't mm. promise it. Yeah. Do the other leaders claim? Not that that's what this is about, but do they claim to be God, like Jesus did? It like depends on the leader. God? Okay. Yeah. Because hmm. that's also a distinction, mm. like Jesus being literally half God mm. or however you however say they it. say it. Yeah. yeah. God with us. God with us. Yeah. Not just an intercessor for no, God. No, not just a great teacher, not yeah. just a great philosopher Prophet. and not only just God with us, but God who sacrificed himself for us. And That's resurrected and then resurrected from the dead and if he hadn't resurrected then we would laugh at his claims yeah that's what that's i get to that point like he's the only we're about to finish but he he's the only one that's defeated death that's 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 the thing yeah and there's a great story can we go over sure half a minute there's a great story a man gets in in uh quicksand and he's sinking down and buddha walks by and he and buddha says all things are suffering Carry on, my son. <laughs> Muhammad walks by and says, uh, keep going. You will have 70 virgins in the afterlife. <laughs> Jesus comes by and dives in and goes below him and pushes him out. Oh, That's wow. the difference in the gods. Okay. Yeah. That's a good story. It is. It is. Okay. Next Bye. episode. Bye. Oh, wait. I got to press record.